Radio Resistance, a limited-run podcast that amplifies shared struggles, collective dreams, and encouragement to stand up for what's right. This show is an integral component of the exhibition Stories of Resistance, on view at the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis, March 12th through August 15th, 2021. During the run of the exhibition, we'll be releasing 11 episodes that pair exhibiting artists with voices from the past, present, and future of St. Louis. Through these discussions, we hope to connect ideas from the exhibition with lived experiences in our city. We're your hosts, Wassan Al-Khuleri, Misa Jeffries, and Michelle Dezember. We're excited to hear from local and global agents of change, some of whom are collaborators and some of whom we'll meet for the first time on this podcast. Join us as we explore this historically rebellious medium and hear from voices of agency. This episode provides a prologue where we discuss the impetus of radio resistance and what we hope the program will explore over the next five months. But first, we'd like to start by introducing ourselves and the exhibition that informed this show. I'm Wassan Al-Khuleri, Chief Curator at the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis and organizer of Stories of Resistance. And I'm Misa Jeffries, Assistant Curator at CAM and co-organizer of the exhibition. And I'm Michelle Dezember, Director of Learning and Engagement at CAM, and I'm a fan of the exhibition. So can I ask you both as co-organizers to start with, um, how did this exhibition come to be? And what are you excited about sharing with our community as we open this exhibition? Stories of Resistance came from an interest in thinking about St. Louis as a city that historically has been a space where a lot of resistance has taken place. I say that lightly. I'm not a historian, and I don't have all the facts. But living here for just over three years, I have noticed that I feel a different energy in this place. And that has inspired us to think about how we might be able to make an exhibition that brings together artists from a lot of different places around the world who are thinking about or through their practice exploring, presenting, or rewriting some kind of resistance. So that coupled with my interest that comes out of having lived and worked both in cities in the US and abroad as an Arab woman, I find that in the U.S. there is a sense of insularity or a disconnect with the rest of the world. And so I'm interested in trying to understand the potential of a possible shared human experience. This notion that when something happens in one place and it reverberates and connects with people in other places is something that we're hoping to expand upon through the exhibition and radio resistance. We're proposing cross-global connections to suggest there may be points of inspiration that connect resistance acts or movements. So asking questions like, could Black Lives Matter activists have looked to the Arab Spring? Or did recent Hong Kong protesters get inspiration from Black Lives Matter protests? Might there be commonalities between, say, women labor activists in South China and women activists who organized at Pruitt-Igo? So in some way, I guess we're proposing that maybe resistance acts have some kind of backbone or commonality. The exhibition, it's not really attempting to connect specific resistance movements, 
but rather it's meant to be more open-ended and propose an open-ended conversation. We're not proposing concrete answers or definitive connections, but hoping to create space for exploration, a place for questions and teasing out nuanced associations. And that the exhibition is just the starting point for a conversation and for seeking out these new potential connections. Stories of resistance will include the voices of 22 artists who are all looking at resistance in really quite different ways. It might be loud, such as revolution and protest, using your voice, using your body, but it can also be really, really quiet and subtle. Maybe in a way like a rewriting of a history or uh, the way in which a community continues to persevere. These acts of resistance, they might be silent or quiet, but they're just as powerful. The exhibition also considers a number of sort of broad themes, um, one of them being language, written or spoken, being used as a tool to resist, um, using written language in a collective way to convey the urgency to speak up, organize, act. Um, and works in the exhibition also present forms of resistance that are about existence or the continued survival by making visible histories, stories, and people that are often disregarded or forgotten. Some works in the exhibition engage with uh, how people mobilize as an act of resistance. Other works expand on the way the movement of individuals migrating to seek better futures do so as a form of resisting. These individual gestures of resistance in the exhibition are amplified, I think, when they're brought together to kind of highlight the courage and resilience that can be found in these stories. And then radio resistance come out so, comes out of the desire to take some of these global themes and, and questions from the exhibition and see them and think about them through St. Louis, the context of St. Louis. That's where we are. That's where we're experiencing these works. And so situating the exhibition and these ideas in the St. Louis context is something that we're really interested in and think is really important. I mean, it's interesting too. I mean, one of the things I think has been really interesting to watch because I'm I'm the newest member of um, our team, you know, as co-producers. I'm the one who's most recently arrived, and I actually moved to St. Louis in the pandemic, in a time where you know I was I felt like all of us have felt really disconnected and um, was really craving that sense of, of human connection. And so what you were saying, Wesson, about the importance of finding how things are all connected and um, especially kind of like the human experience being connected was something that I was, you know, I was personally really craving. And I'm wondering about the the, the fact that the two of you have been working together on this exhibition and what it's, what it's like to sort of collaborate um, on a group exhibition, especially given, you know, we often do single artist exhibitions. So just wondering, Misa, if you want to also add in what it's been like for you to um, approach these concepts that have been laid out for us, or, or just like the, what the process has felt like as a collaborator. 
Yeah, this is uh, our first group exhibition that Wesson and I are organizing at CAM. You know, we joined the museum around the same time in 2017, and pretty much ever since then, we've been thinking about these ideas. And I think we're both really fortunate that we have really overlapping and intersecting interests. I think we're both really interested in artists who have a kind of research process as part of their practice, you know, digging into different histories, telling different stories, telling us about um, aspects of our life that we didn't know before. And so I think it's really just exciting that we get to finally bring all of these voices together. It's been about three years in the making. And I think for me personally, you know, the artists that I tend to be interested in are, you know, coming at different histories from the non-dominant perspective. And I find that, um, you know, just as a kind of Asian American person living in this city, in this country, in this world, I'm really drawn to artists that are speaking to the non-dominant narrative who are, you know, trying to find connections between these kind of uh, non-dominant histories. Yeah, I want to pick up a little bit on on kind of my role and what I think about as, as a compliment as an educator um, in working with you two as, uh, as curators of the exhibition. Um, you know, I think it's really it's, it's really been exciting for me to think about and actually like really liberating for me to think about a different process or a different platform for us to work through, you know, because when we, um, normally would be sitting down to think about programming for a group exhibition, um, in, you know, pre 20, 20 times we would be saying, you know, which artists can we bring for artist talks? Do we want to do a panel discussion? Um, and we would be really kind of focused on sort of like, the the maybe like a didactic presentation of we want to share um you know bring people together to hear this artist talk and we, we find ourselves in this moment where we um we can't do that and so we you know the museum field kind of fumbled around to figure out like okay let's just quickly transition that to a virtual space and let's do exactly what we did in person over over zoom or over video conference and you know, all of that was happening as we were in the middle of trying to figure out how to activate all of these stories and all of this like incredible assembly of voices. And it just felt disingenuine to the kind of like that, like you said, that energy of like being active and that, that sense of being able to like listen to stories to just host this kind of flat conversation on a virtual format. So, you know, my background is, is as a museum educator to kind of put my, my identity and experience into the mix as a, as a white woman, um, you know, now more than ever, I am centering the importance of listening. And so thinking about how do we actually listen to these stories you know, I, I think this, the exhibition really invites us to um, look at the ways these stories are being told. And I really wanted to think about how do we listen? What's the best way for us to really listen? Um, and so that was that was one of the reasons that the platform of radio was really exciting for us because we started to like really strip away expectations of like, what are we supposed to do or have to do? Because we have all these amazing artists that we've brought together. Um, and we kind of like let go of that sense of like, we have to organize artist talks or we have to organize a panel. And we said like, what's the best way to actually listen to all these stories and really to listen to how they resonate in St. Louis and radio really, um, emerged for us as a platform. And I'm, I'm wondering if we can kind of spend some time thinking about like why radio and why, why was that something that we were so attracted to? Well, in the really early parts of um, talking about how to 
how to take the ideas of the exhibition and and really think about them through St. Louis. Um, I think the two ideas that bubbled up at first were, you know, um, radio and sort of self-publishing or zine making, right? Like there's two medium that have long served as tools for organizers of resistance movements and are often quite democratic mediums. Um, and, you know, we've, we had the chance to talk to people in the community, um, friends, other artists, curators, and it seemed like whenever we talked about these two things, radio was the thing that made people light up. And so I think, um, and I think that that was also at the time, Michelle, when you joined the team and really felt like, you know, that listening, and you've talked a bit about this, like listening and also just our over exposure of like Zoom video events. And we really, I think that's how radio really kind of bubbled up to the top uh, for us as a as an opportunity to really kind of connect voices. I mean, just the premise, this idea of connecting an exhibiting artist to um, a voice from St. Louis was really interesting to me. I've always been really interested in um, histories and really digging in and getting to know my city. And so I think, f I don't want to speak for all of you, but since we're not, you know, native St. Louisans, I feel like it was a great way to kind of uh, challenge ourselves a little bit, think outside the box and uh, really think about who is not the most expected person to choose for a program to kind of, you know, being a little bit um, circuitous and kind of pushing ourselves to um, think outside the box was really kind of fun and exciting. I think we went back and forth a little bit about, you know, either highlighting just one artist or, you know, doing kind of like a group conversation. And in the end, we ended up wanting to do these kinds of pairings between one artist who is exhibiting in Stories of Resistance and one person who has knowledge or experience or is from St. Louis or or has researched St. Louis. So, um, and the idea was to really take a theme from Stories of Resistance, pull it out, and then explore that in a wider cultural field. So, um, as opposed to bringing two artist voices together, we wanted to bring on other types of voices, you know, a historian or an academic or, you know, you name it. So, um, it, some of the connections were really surprising that we came up with, and it was a really kind of fun group think, very collaborative process. And, you know, I think, again, it was a little bit challenging to think about, you know, who could fill these kinds of um, stories in, not even knowing who those people are in our community. So I think, at least for me, I had to do a lot of research and kind of dig in. But I'm excited about the, um, the connections that we made and, you know, the new voices that we're bringing in. I want to share with everybody all this research that we dug up about just how powerful, like how much evidence there is about how powerful of a medium radio is. Um, because kind of once we started looking, because none of us, uh, you know, none of the three of us are radio producers or podcast producers. The first thing I did think about was like, well, no, I can, if I think about my, my personal life, like radio has always kind of been a soundtrack to my life, right? So what Weston was saying about radio being, um, you know, so accessible, it's such an accessible um, medium to self-produce. Anyone can make a ham radio station, right? Like and do kind of shortwave radio. Uh, not that we know how to do that, but it's, it's, it is the sense of it's really democratic and anyone can access it. And you can also like listen to it really easily. Um, but once we started looking, we saw that there were also so many examples of how radio has quite literally given voice 
to stories that were being repressed or communities that were being repressed. Um, and, and that the, the, the vehicle of radio was the mechanism by which to make that change. Um, so I'm thinking about how I was actually just the other night I was listening to, um, I was listening to a tour of neon in San Francisco about like a walking tour in San Francisco. And I learned that in 1939, there was this like a, um, a kind of a appliance shop called golden star. And in the basement, there was a radio station that the owner, Tommy Tong was the owner of the store and his wife, Mei Chen, um, had always wanted to have a radio station. She always, she really wanted to have a space to be able to read out the news in Cantonese. And it was actually the first radio station. It was the first uh, Asian or Asian American station in the United States. Um, and it was the first that was in Cantonese and was sharing, you know, really about the news and like alerting people not only to national news and what was happening, but also um, in in the city. Um, and I and I thought to myself, like 1939, that was in still the height of the Chinese Exclusion Act. And at that point, you know, there was still a lot of very strong anti-Asian and anti-Asian American sentiment happening. So like the fact that there were like thousands of listeners um, that bubbled up and it, the radio show ran for many years, like that said a lot. I feel like we have to also recognize the importance that Black radio has had. Black uh, affinity stations were what saved radio in America because television um, was kind of rising up and um, these were white owned stations, but they leaned on black DJs and performers as a way to draw in new listeners because they, there was such kind of popular appeal. And it was in the 1940s that radio was able to maintain its, um, its popularity because of black artists and black affinity groups. And, you know, luckily then black DJs went on to create black run stations. And um, then I learned that actually a lot of the civil rights discourse and sort of like the ideological framing of the way that we think about the civil rights movement, especially as it relates to um, Black human rights, a lot of that was kind of figured out through radio station broadcasts because it was such an accessible medium. So it's just like the more that we looked, the more that we found. I also kind of want to mention that there's like going back to the point that Wesson made that all of these things are connected. There was also, you know, at the same time, international movements that were using radio, like in 1958, Che Guevara was using um, radio platforms um, and started a show called Radio Rebelde, which means um, rebel radio. And it was a way to message like basically the Cuban revolution as it was happening. So people would know like where to go and how to get supplies and, and whatnot. Um, in 1963, the African National Congress established Radio Freedom as a way to broadcast anti-apartheid messages because it was actually against the law to, um, to spread anti-apartheid messages. And so it was a sort of like um, renegade radio station that was started and it was it's it's one of the things credited with being able to build the moment the movement um so anyway it was just really important to kind of contextualize that actually radio is really such a uh, an incredible an incredibly powerful medium in being able to directly impact and affect people i think because not only it's so accessible but it has this way of making you feel like someone is speaking to you so i guess in some ways all of that to say, I think we're really hoping that these messages feel like you are being spoken to directly um, and that you hear yourself directly in these messages that are being broadcast. What are we hoping that people will experience when they listen to this show? I hope that people are able to find a way to reflect themselves into the conversations. 
Uh, I think the 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 big hope with this program, both radio resistance and stories of resistance, is to allow multiple ways for audiences to enter into the ideas of the exhibition. And um, I think that art can be a tool to try to see oneself in. And I hope that the radio resistance offers another access point and entry point to some of the themes of the exhibition. And if you just experience radio resistance and never see the exhibition, I hope that you can connect with some of the stories that you're hearing and be introduced to ideas that you maybe didn't have um, and be challenged to think about something in a new way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I can say it better. I really do just, I I really do. I am so excited by the caliber of brains and spirits that we have assembled for radio resistance. I mean, it's really such, it's, it's an, it's one of the, the, the benefits I think of people being able to say yes a little bit more easily is that there's just such an incredible lineup of people. Um, and really like kudos to a lot of people who have agreed to talk to, to strangers about topics that are really close to their heart. And I think it was a, it was a real sign that, um, that we're, we're all craving this kind of connection. So I, I hope that I hope that people who listen to Radio Resistance not only find that sense of connection to these bigger ideas, to this sense of, um, you know, being able to imagine a better world that we all want to live in and the role that um, art, literature, poetry, history, political engagement can play in realizing that. But um, I also hope that the Radio Resistance program is a stepping stone to something else, that that out of this, um, we might hear people respond and give us other ideas of how we can continue to build a better world for ourselves. Thank you for listening to Radio Resistance. This program is presented as part of the exhibition Stories of Resistance at the Contemporary Art Museum St. Louis. Visit our website camstl.org for more information and to book a free ticket. Stories of Resistance and accompanying catalog are generously supported by grants from the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the Elizabeth Firestone Graham Foundation, and furthermore, a program of the J.M. Kaplan Fund. Radio Resistance is co-produced by Wes Aranjoleri, Misa Jeffries, and Michelle Dezember. Sound design and editing by Sean Pierce. Visual identity by Visitor Assembly. Selections of Radio Resistance are broadcast by our friends at St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. And special thanks goes to Sarah Fenske, Laura Hamden, and Aaron Dorr. If you enjoyed our show, please rate, review, and subscribe to Radio Resistance anywhere you get your podcast.